This is the Fifth Quarter Podcast on AM 900 CHML. Hello, football fans in Hamilton from coast to coast and around the world. This is the fifth quarter. It's brought to you by Wizens Law here on AM 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin, Jacob Smith, producing tonight's program. And we have witnessed yet another Tiger Cats loss, this time 36-17 the final at the hands of those Calgary Stampeders. Man, is that ever a solid team from top to bottom. And get a load of this stat. Since 2012, the Stampeders are 44-0 and when scoring 30 or more points. Well, they posted 36 on the Cats this afternoon, and uh, they keep on trucking. Now unbeaten in 12, they are 12, unbeaten in 13, pardon me, they are 12-1-1 on the season. The Ticats falling to 6-8. and eight. Ouch. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. We'll open up the lines, take your calls. You can vote for your player of the game. We will hand out our latest fifth quarter fan of the night's award when we wrap up just before 8. 905-645-3221, star 9900. You can email rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter, at AM900CHML, or at Rick Samprin. Let's get to the scoring summary. And another slow start by the Ticats. I'm not sure if they would have gotten the job done today if they started fast. It was just one of those games. Calgary opened up the scoring with a Bo Levi Mitchell to Deveris Daniels 16-yard touchdown, then converted the two-point convert... To make it 8 nothing, just 3 minutes and 59 seconds into the ballgame. Jagera Davis then intercepted Zach Caleros at the Hamilton 14. Was a deflected pass at the line. Davis got the football, but Calgary lined up for a field goal, but faked the field goal. Drew Tate, who was the holder, could not get the first down. So the Stamps gave it right back to the Cats. A turnover on downs. Hamilton, though, could not get anything going offensively, and in fact, they had to concede a safety, so it was 10 nothing for the Stamps. 6.30 left to play in the first quarter. Rene Paris added three more points on the board for Calgary with a 41-yard field goal. And just before the first quarter came to an end, the Tiger Cats broke the donut on the scoreboard with a 48-yard field goal by Brett Maher, a 13-3 after one quarter of play. Second quarter, Emmanuel Davis with his fifth interception of the season. He made a great leaping catch about three and a half minutes into the second frame. Ticats ended up getting three more points off that turnover. Maher with a 43-yard field goal. It's 13-6 for the Stamps. Calgary, though, got it right back. Mitchell to Daniels again. A spectacular 59-yard touchdown toss, and Daniels was wide open. His sixth TD reception of the season, Mitchell's 26th touchdown throw of the year, 19-6 stamps after their second two-point conversion of the game failed. Brett Maher then broke a Ticats franchise record 
when he drilled a 58-yard field goal with just a minute to play in the second quarter to make it 19-9 for Calgary. But Stamps got three points right back 50 seconds later when Paradis booted a 44-yard trifecta. They went to the half with a 22-9 lead over Hamilton. Not much scoring in the second half, especially in the third quarter. Jerome Messam with a one-yard touchdown run. That was pretty much it in the third. Messam's CFL leading 10th touchdown of the season. And it was 29-9 for the Stamps. We then found out during that third quarter that Zach Caleros would not return to the ballgame. Suffering what the team is calling an upper body injury. And we're all speculating that it is a right shoulder injury, the severity of which uh, simply cannot be determined at this time. Is it a sprain? Is it a strain? Is it a clavicle? Is it an AC joint? Is it a rotator cuff? Uh, We have no idea. If there's one good piece of good news from today's game is that the Ticats are now on the bye week. That's probably the best news in this ballgame. Because now Caleros has a couple of weeks to heal up and get ready for the two biggest ball games of the season that are coming up. We'll explain in a matter of minutes. To the fourth quarter we go. Calgary up 29-9. to And the Tiger Cats turn over the ball on downs. They went for it on third down near the end zone, but a Masoli pass into the end zone was batted down. Mike Daly then intercepted Bo Levi Mitchell. Second pick of the game on Mitchell. Ran it back to the uh, Calgary 14-yard line, and it ended up being a Ticats touchdown just a few plays later as Masoli ran in for a four-yard TD, and the two-point convert was good as well. It was 29-17. We're all thinking, wow, this might be a crazy three-and-a-half last minutes or three minutes of the ballgame. Did not materialize, though. The ensuing onside kick taken... Strangely enough, by Andy Fantuz, went right into the hands of Calgary's Simon Charbonneau-Kempo, a former Ticat, and he ran it back for a 50-yard touchdown to give the Stamps a 36-17 victory over the Hamilton Tiger Cats. 23,741 fans was the announced attendance tonight. Not sure if that was accurate in terms of butts in the seats, but Ticat saying yet another sellout at Tim Hortons Field. Maybe via tickets sold, but again, not with people in the stands. All right, let's uh, bust open the phone lines. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. You can email rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter, at Rick Samprin, at am900chml. Who's your player of the game and your thoughts on today's Ticats loss? We start with Bill. Bill, good evening. How are you? Good. How you doing? I'm not too bad. A uh, couple of thoughts. Ken Austin, the players aren't playing for him anymore. He's got far too much power on that team. Changes have to be made. The players aren't playing for him anymore. It's a far better team than they showed the last four games. Um, changes have to be made up top. And you think that'll solve the problems? Well, we got to start somewhere. You can, clearly, players aren't playing for him. It's a far better team. Way too much talent on that team to play, play like that. So you don't buy the, uh, I'll call it excuse, you don't buy the excuse that injuries have decimated this team and and the backups simply aren't good enough? No. 
again, offense, we still got Fantus. We got kids to throw to. Kalaros is in there. It's, it's just uh, players aren't playing for him anymore. And he's got far too much power. He's calling all the shots. An offensive coordinator that is not doing anything with the team. I don't know why they hired him. Because Austin's calling the plays. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, he's got far too much power. It's got to end. He's also Fire got... Player. What's that? Uh, I was going to say, Austin uh, has relinquished a little bit of his power. He's no longer the general manager. Although, when you look at Eric Tillman, you you have to wonder, uh, you know, what decisions is he making? Is he just doing, exactly. you know, the you paperwork? Think, exactly. And do you think Ken Austin is going to give up power? As a GM? No, I don't think so. He's Why would he? Of course he's not. That's on a paper. That's a paper deal. He's just got far too much power in that team, and uh, it's got to change. Okay. So who who do you make as your head coach then, Bill? Ah, uh, nobody here. <laughs> you wipe everyone off the map? Nobody here. I mean, I'd give Steinhauer a chance as an interim for the rest of the season. For the season. rest of the season? Okay. See how he does. I mean, he's going to be a head coach one day. He's got a lot of knowledge of the game. Great defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Gets respect from the players. The players like playing for him. Um, so I give him a chance for the rest of the season, but uh, see where he goes from there. Other than that, get someone else brought in, bring someone else in. Okay, who's your player of the game today? Uh, nobody. A, a, not even a Stampeder. Nobody deserves it. Well, <laughs> I mean Stampeders. You can bully by Mitchell. Okay, I'll write down BLM for you, Bill. Thanks a lot, Bill. Cheers. Have a good weekend. Nine zero five six four five three two two one star nine nine hundred on your smartphone. What do you think of Bills? call to fire Kent Austin and make Orlando Steinauer the interim head coach for the rest of the season and then, I guess, reevaluate in the offseason. Is it the end of the road for the Austin era? This team is 6-8. and eight. They've not won two in a row this year. They've lost two in a row now twice. Currently on a two-game losing streak, they lost game two and three of the CFL season. Or do you simply say, you know what, this team has too many injuries to too many key players, and the depth on this team simply is not up to snuff. Where do you stand on that? 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. Who's your player of the game? Your thoughts on today's 36-17 Ticats loss against Calgary. Frank's on the line. Hey, Frank, how are you? Hey, how's it going, bud? Not too bad. Yourself? I'm good. Okay. Anyway, I think the last caller was jumping the gun a little bit there. Um, on, on firing Austin? Well, come on. Like, you know, it is what it is. And yeah. they're, they're not going to fire him. No, obviously not. Like, um, you know, I, I watched the game, and uh, I had a chance to go, but I have a bit of a bad knee, but uh, that's besides the point. Um, you know, Austin's a great coach, and it, it, the injuries, like you just said, I just got in the door, actually. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not happy, but you're, what, you're one point out of first place? Mm-hmm. I mean, Ottawa's in BC tonight. Hopefully, BC smokes them, and we got to play them twice, I believe. Yep. Win those games, and if you face Calgary again in the Grey Cup, it's one game. Everybody gets psyched up. We were supposed to get killed by Edmonton in 1986. They were favored by I think 17 and a half points, mm-hmm. and we smoked them. I mean, it's just everybody's got to relax, and it, you know. Um, I'm not happy about Kolaris going down again. No. 
But, uh, you know, and I was very surprised at the end of the game there, I'm sure you you remember it, was uh, Mitchell. I'm like, I was telling people, like, why is he still in the game? Like, the game is over. Why is he still? And he got smoked. I'm not sure who who hit him. Yeah, that was Will Smith who got penalized for the play. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was like they had to kick the ball after that. But he got smoked, and and like sooner or later, someone's going to get to this guy, and like he's too cocky in his interviews and everything else. Like, he's very excellent player. I, I won't take that away from him. But he's if you ever watch him in an interview, he's very cocky. He's very arrogant. Somebody, this whole league is looking at that, going, "Oh, I want to get a piece of that guy." <laughs> <laughs> the issue is, no one can touch him. He's been sacked thirteen exactly. times this year. Exactly, and then finally somebody got to him, and like I, I didn't realize it was a penalty. And they got penalized, right? Yeah, but there was, the game was over at that point anyway. But it's just like, why is this man still in the game? Like, it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I was hoping for better things today, and uh, I'm sure there's better things on the horizon. And as for firing the coach, I mean, come on, like it, whatever happens is going to happen this year, and. Uh, no, firing the coach is not the answer. Like, you, what do you got, four or five games left? Four to go, yep. Okay, four games left. I mean, th- that's just crazy. I mean, if you start 0-6 or something, then you think about something like that. But, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah, making a move at at this point of the season with their record, looking at the standings, the injury situation, you know, exactly. how, how big of an impact is it going to have on this team if you fired – Kent Austin. Yeah, I mean, do, do they go four and zero? There's no guarantee they could go zero and four. That's right. They could say, "Hey, you know what? We're folding up the tent, and uh, that's it." No, but I don't think they will. I think better things are, are ahead of us. And uh, like all you Tie Cat fans, we got to relax. I mean, just we're going to make the playoffs. And uh, well, if we lose four in a row, obviously not. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I mean, look at Toronto. I mean, they are just brutal, and they're still hanging in there. I don't know how. The East Division is just terrible. It, I mean, it's just an absolute mess. It's it's just, you know, Ottawa is not that good. They're just, you know, they're not getting the bounces this year like they did last year, and, like, you know, things are going to change. And that's that's my hope is that we finish first, and whoever comes here, we do whatever we have to do. You're on home field. If you lose, then you got no one else to blame but yourself. I hear you. Frank, who's your player of the game today? I'd have to say uh, Mr. Daly. I love that interception. Yep. I thought it was a beautiful thing, and that kid should be playing every game. Well, he is now because Courtney Steven is pretty much gone for the rest of the year. Okay, I didn't know that, yeah. sir, but uh, I hope, you know, like he, he's outstanding. Like, you know, he, he's there every play, or he does what he has to do. You know, for a Canadian kid, that's great. I hear you. Frank, thanks for the call. All right, take care. You too. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. Mike Daly with a defensive tackle, an interception, a special teams tackle as well. Uh, at Rick Zamprin, at AM900CHML on Twitter. You can also email your thoughts on today's ball game. Vote for your player of the game by emailing rick at 900CHML.com. Brian, stay on the line. Other callers calling in as well. We'll get to you in a matter of minutes. This is the fifth quarter brought to you by Wizens Law on AM900CHML. Rick Samprin here. This is the fifth quarter on AM900CHML. You want to call in and chime in on your thoughts on today's 36-17 Ticats loss at the hands of the league-leading Calgary Stampeders. Give us a call, 905 
845-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. You can email rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter as well, at Rick Samprin, at AM900CHML. A couple of tweets coming in. This one from Bruce. Bill needs a beer. He will be singing a different tune when we win the Grey Cup. Juanita also tweeting at Rick Samprin, not sure what Bill is talking about. Austin is a great coach. Changes need to be made, but not with Austin. And Manny on Twitter at Rick Samprin writes, here's my comment. No comment. This group doesn't deserve comments. Give your head a shake, people. Austin's record speaks for itself. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. My player of the game vote goes to Andy Fantuz today. And this is the second week in a row that I'll vote for Fantuz. 15 catches, one short of tying the CFL single-season record. He had 130 yards receiving as well. He was absolutely automatic. If the football was coming toward him, Andrew Fantuz would make the catch. And he did that time and time and time again. Didn't get into the end zone, but did have a two-point convert today. Andy Fantuz, my vote for player of the game. Also have votes for uh, Mike Daly and Bo Levi Mitchell as well. All right, back to the phones we go, and Brian is on the line. Hey, Brian, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm not too bad. Okay, uh, if I had one complaint tonight, mm-hmm. the, the biggest complaint for me is I don't know what happened to the cockiness of Zach Caleros, but our offense is so boring now, this has almost put you to sleep. They were sitting on all our sharp passes. We never went over the top. We I don't know what's happened, but he's gotten really he's gotten really conservative, and it's not working. You know what? I would have I would have disagreed with you a few games ago because they were throwing everything deep. Uh, but tonight you're bang on because they didn't do much of anything. We're showing way too much respect to Calgary. I mean, they, they came out and got ten points right up against us right off the bat. We gotta you gotta answer back, and you gotta at least spread out their defense and make them think that we might throw the ball deep. I agree. You got you got to keep the defense guessing. Otherwise, why why do we have those? If the receivers we have can't go deep, then find somebody else that can can do it because you're not going to win by throwing the ball short like that all the time. Yeah, and I think they have the weapons to go deep. Terrence Tolliver, I think, is a deep threat. They got guys that can you know get down the field in a hurry. I agree. So if there's one thing that we can work on, maybe is is uh, opening up the offense like. We used to, we used to have the best offense in the, in the CFL, and mm-hmm. I know we've had we have a couple injuries, but our whole the whole way we think about offense has changed, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I think not running the ball hurts this team big time because well, we're down the, to our third string running back too, which doesn't help, right? Well, but, sure, but I mean, even when they had C.J. Gable there, I mean, they, they still weren't running the football, and it makes this offense so one dimensional. It's 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 so frustrating. Yeah, it certainly is. And uh, as far as defense goes, we can't seem to get any pressure. I know John Chick's an excellent, uh, and Tracy's a very good player too, but you got to get a little bit of pressure without having to, to uh, send everybody. Yeah, and even when they did, they still could not get to believe I Mitchell. That, that Calgary offensive line is ridiculously good. Even with two, two starters out. Yep, yep. So. Uh, hey, Brian, who's your player of the game? Well, I guess I don't want to give it to Bowley by Mitchell, even though he played really well. But I'll have to give it to Andy Fantuz. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Brian.
Thank you. Have a good weekend. Uh, email from Randy. Hi, Rick. I was at the game. At least the rain held off. <laughs> that tells you all you need to know. A continuing disappointment with early offensive inefficiency. I will sleep and dream that the Cats will beat Calgary. <laughs> I will wake up from the dream and be temporarily elated. We need to beat this Calgary team in the future. This is a great email. <laughs> With the events of the last two weeks, I suggest the CFL bring back Mark Cohan. Let's bring the old league logo back. Um, I am not sure of the kicking away of the ball instead of going for it on third down. Uh, some coaching head scratches for sure. Is Jeff Reinbold correcting anything? Uh, the playoff picture is hopeful but concerning. So was Caleros out due to injury or performance? I, I could say definitely due to injury. Definitely due to injury. Uh, I saw him face down during the first half. Special teams meltdown again. The Cats player of the game for me is Mike Daly. Also mentioned for Andy Fantuz. Masoli did add a little spark, but running for his life. Good trick play near the end by Masoli. That was the one with Fantuz. That was one of the best plays of the year. Uh, Let's hope for better weeks ahead. The fifth quarter rules. Thanks, Rick. Uh, Randy from Oakville. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone, you can email rick at 900chml.com. All over Twitter, at am900chml, at Rick Zamprin. Use the hashtag fifth quarter. Who's your player of the game? Let's talk about tonight's game. 36-17, stamps over the Cats. Dave is called into the fifth quarter. Hello, Dave. Hi, Rick. Uh, Fantuz is my player of the game for sure. Excellent. Cutting to the chase. He had a great game. He did. Um, well, where do I be? Well, Austin, no, no. I'm not hard on Austin. I'm not even hard on the team. Um, to me... A lot of things people are saying is true, but it all comes down to two things, in my opinion, why this team isn't doing better. Injuries, and they lost a lot of people in uh, free agency. And, every, and you know, I mean, it's fine to say why don't they do this or why don't they do that. Yeah, you, you can throw downfield, but how do you know the people are open? Sure. When yeah, when you're down to your second stringers, and, and in some cases the Ticats even third stringers, there's a certain level of trust you have to have. Not not only trust, but but gelling with these guys, knowing where they're going to be. And we can point to the quarterback all the time. It may not be his fault at times. The receiver might cut off a route, uh, read the defense incorrectly. There's a number of working parts in this offense. So absolutely, yeah. When, when you're down to the nubs at times, uh, in terms of talent on the field, it it's hard to win. Another thing, Clarus isn't getting the time or any quarterback no. this year to do those things that they were doing last year. Um, I hope for the best for Hamilton this year. Um, I'm kind of uh, thinking that, you know, um, I, I'm a realist, but I think uh, next year with some great acquisitions, they can be, uh, you know, they've they got a great nucleus of a team there that they can build around. So all is not lost. Uh, hmm. This team is far from a disaster. So you're talking about off season and next year. Have you given up on this year? Um, no, my hope is there. I'm not <laughs> totally given up, but um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, I hope for the best, obviously, Rick. I do too. It's an uphill climb. Thanks for the yeah. call, Dave. Bye-bye. Yeah, it certainly is an uphill climb. You know, there's six and eight. Four games to go. They're on the bye week now. They host Ottawa. They go to Ottawa. And then they host Edmonton and Montreal to close out the season. So three of their last four games are at Jim Morton's Field, which doesn't really say a lot because this team is not that good at Tim Morton's Field anymore. I mean, they're 3-3 three and three now this season at Tim's Field. They had won their first 11 games when you count the preseason. 
and the playoffs at Tim Hortons Field. It was once Death Valley for the CFL's opposition. Not so much anymore. Email from Rebecca. Hey, Rick, watching the Cats walk onto the field through the Caretakers Club was nothing like I have seen. No enthusiasm, no energy, no interest. It was embarrassing, quite frankly. What the heck is up with these guys? Very interesting comment. If that was the case, you got to think, what what is going on? I mean, they're playing against a team today that lost a teammate who was shot and killed after a nightclub altercation in Calgary. You would think that the Stamps might be the team coming into this game, you know, with their heads down. And here we have, according to Rebecca, a Ticats team coming out onto the field at the start of the game with nothing. Man, that's troubling. That is absolutely troubling. Is it because Kent wasn't there? Is it because the injury situation? Did something happen in the locker room beforehand? Man, oh man. This might be a bigger mess than we realize. Let's go back to email, and Alan has sent me a note. Hey, Rick, it's Alan from Whitby. Well, now St. Catharines today. I didn't think we were going to win today, but it was nice we tried harder in the second half. Our offensive line is worrisome. I was expecting a better record than 6-8 and eight this time of the year, and with Zach Caleros being injured now, hopefully it's not that serious. If it is, let's just say we will not make the playoffs. Thought Emmanuel Davis played well. I also thought Mike Daly played well, and that nice interception was great. Courtney Stevens should have been playing corner all year, and Mike Daly at safety. We need Johnny Sears back also. He goes on to write, I love Kent Austin as a coach and is very effective overall for this team, and I like Orlando Steinauer as defensive coordinator. Firing Austin is ridiculous. Look at the East in general. We are all falling apart. Injuries are killing us. Key guys like Craig Butler, Damon Washington, Johnny Sears, Courtney Steven, Chad Owens, C.J. Gable would make this team so much better if they were healthy. We are all a mess in the East. If Edmonton crosses over, we could have beaten them this year. It's one playoff game. They are beatable. As for the sellout of the game, it sure looked like a lot of empty seats. People should sell their tickets if they don't want to go and fill those seats. I'm in St. Catharines now. If I wasn't moving and unpacking all day, I would have loved to gone to the game. That email from Alan. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. Let's uh, hook up with John here on the fifth quarter. Hey, John. Hey. I don't know how many beds it's like at times to poop, but uh, it's been happening a lot in the past, what, four or five games. Uh, I won't get into the whole offense thing. Everyone sort of mentioned that uh, and the injuries. Um, but there's a few things that I've noticed that that I, I, I'm not understanding. I think since Claros has been back, there's been about at least six or seven time count violations. I don't know if it's because we've got second and third stringers on there. Uh, Zach is running for his life, and so is Mazzoli. Um, can't keep throwing to to um, Fantus. Um, there's just a problem. But I've, I've said since the beginning of the year, we have probably the worst secondary in the league. They can't tackle. They couldn't tackle all year. And it, and it just keeps happening. I don't care if you're a second or third stringer. I mean, they teach this in high school. And I think Coach Sal has even mentioned this, about how they're not tackling properly. Um, 
Now, here's my, what I'm wondering. Since Condell left, our offense has not been the same. Is it Austin or maybe Potasic that might be the problem with the offense? Because Caleros isn't really throwing much. And when he throws, it's like maybe seven, ten yards. And uh, if we look at when Mazzoli threw, or Mazzoli was there, it started to, you know, there's some creativity. So what do you think? Well, I, uh, I can completely agree that the offense is not the same since Tommy Condell left. The fact of the matter is, though, it's still Kent Austin's offense. He created this this offense. He, he yeah, drew up I'm the sure plays. I'm sure him and Condell did something because they've been together for a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But, I mean, during the game, Kent is calling the plays. During the week, he and Stefan Potasik will sit down and create that game plan as Potasik is the offensive coordinator, obviously in charge of the offense. But Kent rules the play calling, basically. But we've been out-coached and outplayed by the worst teams in the league, Toronto, Saskatchewan. And I, you know what? If you go to CFL ranking, we've got to be down there with Saskatchewan now. I think Saskatchewan's actually a better team. But there's a problem with our team, and it's not like it had from last year. The only saving grace we have is the East is terrible. Mm-hmm. But there, I don't think we can't really – I mean, look what Calgary did. Like, how many bombs did, did Mitchell throw? Like, he just threw it in the air, and it was caught. Like, we can't even cover. There's, there's a major problem, and, I, I mean, I think the year's done. Even with the, the schedule that's coming up, who can we – do you honestly think we can beat anyone in the East? Uh, in the West? Mm, maybe Edmonton. Well, see, uh, of, the, of the playoff teams. Of the playoff teams. Uh, the playoff, I don't think we can beat Saskatchewan. <laughs> well, they didn't last week. No, I don't think we can. Yeah. Like, it's, like one, the very last thing I'll mention, what I've noticed is, since Clarence has been back, and, and it started in the Toronto game because I was there, you would always see Tasker, he'd come up uh, when they're in the red zone, right by the goal post, throw it to him, always gold. Mm-hmm. They're picking him off now. They're not getting those roots now. I think the off- I think the other teams have figured our offense out. It's not hard to do when you don't run the ball and you run the same kind of offensive plays all the time. Well, remember Austin said, they're expected to play. You know, that's a blah, blah, blah. We're going to hear that they didn't prepare them. We're going to hear the same garbage from Austin every week. Something, I mean, I don't know if they're going to be cutting players, training players, what's going on, but my player of the game, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm allowed to give it to a coach. Yeah, why I'm not? going to give it to Dickinson because he outcoached our team from every perspective. Because when Reinhold hit that stupid onside kick, <laughs> come on, that pretty much tells that we have just been outcoached. Period. Yeah, that was poorly executed. Hey, John, thanks for the call. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I uh, will. Cheers. All right. When we come back, hey, we're going to get to Robert. He's on the line. Other callers calling in. A slew of emails and tweets to get to as well. This is the fifth quarter brought to you by Wizens Law on AM 900 CHML. Fifth quarter returns here on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin on the microphone. Jacob Smith producing tonight's program. If you want to call in, 905-645-3221. Star 9900 on your cell phone. As the Calgary Stampeders slamming the Hamilton Tiger Cats today, 36-17 at Tim Hortons Field in front of an announced crowd of 23,741. I'm not sure there was that much in the stands. Another email from Alan. He forgot to mention his players of the game on offense. Andy Fantuz giving it to Emmanuel Davis on 
defense. Email coming in from Bob. While I disagree with the first caller that Austin should be fired, I do kind of see where he's coming from. I get the feeling that Austin is unwilling to change his play-calling approach and that someone such as Scott Mitchell, perhaps, needs to intervene and say, Kent, what you've been doing isn't working. You need to change your approach. Since he's the VP of Football Ops, there's no one to say that, as I don't think Tillman would. Austin, in interviews, will put the onus on the players saying they didn't execute. But you have to have a good game plan in order to be able to execute it. I've said it before, but Caleros should be rolling out and a threat to run. That's when he's at his best. Player of the game, fan twos. No doubt, if we had 24 starters with his heart, we'd have something. No doubt about that. Let's go to Robert on the phone. Hey, Robert, thanks for calling the fifth quarter. Go ahead. Hi, Rick. How you doing? I'm okay. How about you? I'm okay, thanks. Good. We got uh, having season tickets behind the uh, Tiger Cat bench. Unfortunately, we've been witness to an absolutely lethargic sideline. It, it, you know, I, I don't understand the laughs and the giggles on the sideline and the absolute zero lack of intensity. And, and is, is that all season long or just over the last few weeks? Last few weeks. So something something has changed, and it it's just absolutely maddening. I mean, 11 minutes left in the game, we're getting blown out, and we don't even go to a hurry-up offense. Like I just don't understand. Vaughn, 24, yep. he's absolutely just killed us the last three weeks. They're throwing to him over and over and over again, and I don't understand why we have not dealt with this. I don't understand. I, I don't get it. Makes you wonder who else is on the team that they had turned to and say, oh, no, Vaughn is still better than this guy. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know. That that, that lack of intensity, like the, an earlier caller talked about coming out of the, the uh, coming out of the tunnel today, it just, it just kept on the whole game. There was no, no encouragement on the sideline, nothing. Just absolutely lethargic. Hmm goes back to Rebecca's comments that, you know, as the Ticats were entering the field, they were they had no emotion, which is yeah. crazy to hear. Yeah. Who's your uh, player of the game tonight, Robert? Oh, definitely Fantus, no question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, he was really good. Yeah. Really good. Robert, thanks for the call. Okay, thank you. Enjoy your weekend. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. We have 20 minutes to go here. On the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML, you can tweet at Rick Samprin at AM 900 CHML. You can also email your thoughts on tonight's game. Vote for your player of the game, Rick at 900 CHML.com. Let's go to Twitter as we have a number of tweets that have come in. Uh, William says fan twos for his player of the game. Bruce says Ty Cats having a bomber moment today. I-, I wish. I wish they were having a bomber moment. They may have won the game. Bombers are pretty good. Uh, Sally two times on Twitter, a number of expletives. I will paraphrase by saying the head coach needs to go. He's messed up this team. Again, paraphrasing. Jeff on Twitter, at Rick Samprin. You can also look at Mr. Reinbold, too. Special teams is awful this year. Grant echoes Jeff's comments, saying the special teams coordinator has to go. Hashtag fifth quarter. Laura, the only possible candidate for player of the game, is Fan 2. Sadly, a West versus West Grey Cup is looking more likely as the weeks go on. Joe, not winning it, playing this type of football. 
Crap on D, crap on O, no run game, no protection. Hashtag truth, hashtag fifth quarter. Uh, More tweets coming in. This from Abe. This is a good one. I like this one. No steak dinners for the O-line this week. There weren't a lot of sacks today, but man, Caleros and Masoli were running around like chickens with no heads. Nick on Twitter. Hey, Rick Samprin, got to hand it to our D. Played hard. Caleros doesn't seem to be focused in the last several games. Player of the game, Fantuz and Maher. Brett Maher getting some love. He set a franchise record tonight by converting a 58-yard field goal. That is an all-time Ticats best. The record was 57 yards, shared by Paulus Baldiston, who did it twice, Bernie Ruoff, and uh, Justin Medlock last season. Uh, I sent out a tweet after that crazy Masoli fan twos play towards the end of the game, saying, a highlight reel play... Uh, that was worth the price of admission. Uh, Jess tweets, false, worth the price of admission would be a winning team, not 500 football and YouTube accolades. Scott, awful game. Calgary is too good. Hope Zach is okay. Player of the game, Emmanuel Davis. Mike on Twitter, at Rick Samprin. Fantuz is the only option for player of the game. Game was what everyone expected, hoping this bye week... Uh, brings starters back. Manny, thank God for the bye week. We don't have to watch this mess for a week. Ticats, these guys should be working during their bye week. Another tweet from Greg. If that O-line doesn't tighten up, Masoli may end his day soon as well. Dave simply says, season over. Another one from Manny. This is just pathetic. Send Austin to the street. Never mind the spotter's booth. This team is in shambles. Happy Thanksgiving. Not sure I read this one. This is another one from Manny. He's hot on Twitter today. I'm here. Renewed season tickets. Buying beer, merchandise, etc. Because caretaker Bob deserves our support. And uh, Brian on Twitter. Well, maybe McMaster will make the playoffs. Ouch. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. You can email rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter, at Rick Samprin at am900chml. Here's a question for you. Ticats are on the bye week. They don't play till Friday, October the 14th. This is the Friday following Thanksgiving. So they have 13 days to recoup, get healthy, get guys back. Maybe that means Luke Tasker is back on the field. Maybe that means C.J. Gable is going to come back. Maybe that means Zach Caleros will be back on the field if his shoulder injury is not that serious. The question is, of the four games remaining, at home to Ottawa, visiting Ottawa, hosting Edmonton, entertaining Montreal, of those four games, looking at this 6-8 and eight Tiger Cats club, do they make the playoffs going 2-2? Two and two? Do they have to go 3-1 and one or, oh my gosh, 4-0? and oh? When you look at the East Division, 2-2 two and two might just do it, depending on what the Argos do tonight. And again, even if, if or pardon me, tomorrow, even if Toronto does beat Montreal tomorrow, they'll be 6-8 and eight just like the Ticats. Hamilton does still have the tiebreaker. Does 8-10 and 10 
get this Ticats team in the playoffs? I think it does. I think if you split the last four games, I think you're in. If you go one and three, kind of praying the Toronto stumbles down the stretch. Because we all know Edmonton is going to be crossing over. At least one team in the West will be crossing over. Could be Winnipeg. Heck, it could be BC if they falter down the stretch, but I don't expect that either. Two and two for the Ticats in the last four games might just be enough to get them in. When we come back, more of your calls. We'll pass along some stats as well. We'll unveil your final votes for player of the game and name the fifth quarter fan of the night as well. Diane, stay on the phone. Other callers coming in. We'll get to you when we come back. This is the fifth quarter brought to you by Wisson's Law on AM 900 CHML. Welcome back. Calgary 36, Hamilton 17, Tycats now 6 and 8, Stamps. Man, this team is just absolutely rolling. Unbeaten in 13, they're 12, 1 and 1 on the season. They lost their season opener to BC, and they've rattled off 12 wins in a tie since. That is absolutely nuts, but that is a well-oiled machine. They have not missed a beat going from John Huffnagel as head coach to Dave Dickinson. Fantastic. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. You can email rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter, at Rick Samprin, at am900chml. Use the hashtag fifth quarter. In less than 10 minutes, we'll name our player of the game, and we will name our Fifth quarter, fan of the night. Back to the phones we go. Diane is called in. Hey, Diane, how are you? Well, not too bad. I could be better. I could have sat to a, a better game than I saw tonight, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. However, there's three things I wanted to mention. Uh, normally, I watch the players. I'm just one of these people that watches sort of behavior. And I noticed the, the, ga- the last home game at Tim Hortons Field, they had the camera on the tunnel when they're coming out. Yep, yep. And very, very lackadaisical. And I didn't think anybody really took much notice of that until I'm listening to the people calling in tonight. Um, even to the point where they were just strolling out like it was unfortunate that they had to go outside, you know? <laughs> and, and Tolliver was pulling up the, the rear, still putting his jersey on. Oh, jeez. Yeah, this was the last home game. Now, tonight seemed to be that lack of passion as well, as somebody else mentioned. Uh, I noticed, I don't know if anybody else noticed, but the last, the game in Toronto after the Labor Day game, mm-hmm. Claris did get hurt. I mean, he was down and, and I watched it from home. I wasn't there, but he was really wincing when he got up. Yeah. And I'm wondering, ever since then, he's, some of his throws are off. You know, it's not the, the top-notch game performance that we've seen out of Calaris. I will agree with that because he has not been the same effective, outstanding quarterback that we saw on Labor Day with that great comeback. No, and it was the game in Toronto after that that he was down on his knees. and The guys get around him, right? His players get around him when he's down. And, uh, yeah, as they did tonight, and it was after that, I thought maybe it's the same injury. Whatever he hurt, and he's trying to work with it and keep it kind of quiet, but tonight put him out again. The other thing, I don't know, and I'm not hearing much talk about it, this call last week in Saskatchewan, I mean, every pro uh, ball player and coach and everybody who's got decades of experience have never seen this call before, and yet I've I've heard no one give some explanation from the CFL's point of view, or do they think they're above 
uh, <laughs> you're, questioning. You're talking about the Mike Filer penalty in which he moved the ball forward right, to exactly. snap it back. That right. happened, and uh, I guarantee you, we saw it 120 times today because every center does the same thing, and there has been zero explanation publicly by the Canadian Football League, but I can tell you that we chatted with uh, Ticats head coach Kent Austin earlier this week to say, hey, coach, you know, what, what happened on that play? What um, explanation did the league give to you as the head coach? And he said, well, we obviously identified it with the league, and I will not say publicly what the league told me, but obviously he wasn't happy with the answer. So I, I get that, that the league said, yeah, it was a penalty, <laughs> which I still don't understand. No, no. You know, when people have been in, in that that's their career for decades and decades, and they've never seen that before or heard of that before, the league should be held accountable, too. I agree. There should be some explanation for that. That was a mind-boggling Anyways. call. All right. Thank you kindly. That's pretty much what I had to say. Hey, Diane, do you have a player of the game? Oh, definitely. It was a fan, too, show tonight. Yes, it certainly was. Thanks for the call. Yeah. All right. Have a good Bye-bye. weekend. Bye-bye. 905-645-3221, star 9900- on your smartphone. A couple minutes to get in your call here on the fifth quarter. Here's a tweet from Bubba O'Neill from CH. Kent Austin did not deny that Caleros suffered a headshot. In addition, he described the next four games as playoff games. Well, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And that's the first thing I thought of when Caleros left the field after that tackle. Did he suffer a concussion? Because it was towards the end of the second quarter. He left the field. Did he go to the dark room? Did he go through the concussion protocol? I guess we'll find out in the next couple days. Ryan on Twitter, special teams and linebacking are the least of our worries. Soft D and predictable O are the big concerns. On the potential firing of Kent Austin, although I don't think that's going to happen. Grant writes, that's not a bad idea, but I think he deserves one more chance. Start with special teams coach and maybe the OC too. Ryan tweets, the OC might be potassic, but Austin makes all the decisions and calls, and that's exactly right. And Joe on Twitter says, when you don't even have a threat to run, your O isn't going to work long term. And how long have we been saying that? One-dimensional offensive football no matter how successful it has been in the past, long-term is not the answer. It becomes too predictable. Way too predictable. All right, a couple of stats to pass along. Zach Caleros went uh, 16 of 22 today for 120 yards and an interception. Jeremiah Masoli, 16 of 28 for 151 yards. He also ran the ball four times for 26 yards. Michael Ford had three carries for 13 yards. Masoli also had that four-yard touchdown run. Andy Fantuz, 15 catches, 130 yards. Tolliver had three for 33. Banks, three for 31. Childs, five for 25. Spencer Watt had three catches for 16 yards. Michael Ford, Junior Collins, Mike Jones all had a catch. Brett Maher was three of three, including a franchise record-breaking 58-yard field goal. And defensively, Newcomer Johnny Adams, who was burned a few times tonight, and linebacker Simone Lawrence led the way with five defensive tackles. Four each for Larry Dean, Emmanuel Davis, and Dominique Ellis. Davis also with the INT. Mike Daly had the other interception 
for the Ticats today. Offensively for the Calgary Stampeders, the Bo Levi Mitchell show continues. Another solid outing, 21 of 30, 299 yards passing, couple of touchdown tosses, two interceptions. He won't like that. Jerome Messam ran the ball nine times for 59 yards and a touchdown. Devaris Daniels put on a show and a half. Five catches, 123 receiving yards, two TDs, including a 59-yard touchdown. Kamar Jordan had six receptions for 69 yards. Messam had four for 43. Former Ticat Markway McDaniel, pretty quiet day. Three catches for 34 yards. A catch each for Lamar Durant, Simo Charbonneau-Kempo, and Anthony Parker. Rene Paradis, two for two on field goals. And defensively for the Stamps, Deron Mayo had a game-high seven defensive tackles, also had a special teams tackle as well. Joe Burnett had six tackles, as did Alex Singleton. Josh Bell had four sacks for the Stampeders. Micah Johnson had one, former Ticat Brandon Boudreaux. Remember him? He had a QB takedown today as well. To the standings we go in the Canadian Football League. Start in the West. Calgary now at 12-1-1. BC at 8-4. The Bombers at 8-6. Edmonton is 7-7. Saskatchewan 3-10. And And over in the East, we have Ottawa at 6-5-1. Hamilton at 6-8. Toronto at 5-8, and eight, Montreal at 3-9. and nine. Later on tonight, Red Blacks are in B.C. Tomorrow, the Argos visit the Montreal Alouettes. Our player of the game voted by you, the fans, is coming up in a second or two. Let's get to this email from Aaron from Hamilton. Hello, Rick. The Cats showed better discipline this game, only getting a handful of penalties when the game was already out of hand. The biggest problem tonight was the same as the rest of the season. No balanced attack. The running backs are not nearly involved enough in the game through running or screens. There's a lack of imaginativity in the play calling, play calling that is. Aside from the two setup reverse handoff plays and the second last play of the game. The roots do not seem to complement each other, leaving Zachary Masoli waiting to be pressured. But come on, the O has to get those D lineman hands down. Way too many knockdown passes. They have to punish a man when he sticks his arms in the air to swap the ball. The defense had a better showing today and showed a little more aggression and determination. We couldn't get much past that towering O line. But Orlando knew that going in and couldn't find a way to pressure on Bo. But we can't expect much when they're on the field all game. My pick for player of the game is Fantuz. Enjoy the rest of your show. Player of the game tonight is Andy Fantuz, our fifth quarter fan of the night. First email ever from Randy. I love the dream of beating Calgary. We got to go. If you missed any of the show, check out the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Big thanks to Jacob Smith. Thanks for listening to the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML. The fifth quarter after every Ticats game on AM 900 CHML.